All right, everybody, welcome to the Backseat Puddle Podcast, episode 33. As always, I'm your host, Tristan Weber, and today I'm going to be talking to you guys why I don't like the direction that the NFL is headed. going to be talking to you guys about Aaron Rodgers, that dork coming out of his darkness retreat. And I'm also going to be talking about the reports that the Chicago Bears are interested in trading the number one pick, and I'll give my thoughts and opinions on that. So let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, so to start my show off today, uh, I'm going to talk about the NFL as a whole. And I have an issue right now with what the NFL is and what it's becoming. And my issue is that the NFL is officially two quarterback dependent, and there's no signs of it stopping. Right now, the NFL is a league of haves and have-nots. Either you have a quarterback or you do not. And it's getting to the point where that's all that matters. And as you get deeper into the season, it becomes who has the best quarterback, which has always played a part, but now it's starting to feel like, well, that's the only thing. And I suspect that the trend of who has the best quarterback is a little bit deeper than most people realize. And I propose to you after the reason I don't care for it. Let's look at the eight divisions last year. In seven of eight, the best quarterback in the division won that division. In the AFC, the winners of each division, once again, had the best quarterback, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence. Then for the NFC, the best quarterback won three of four, and that's really just because Aaron Rodgers had a weird down season. The winners being Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, and Jimmy G slash Brock Purdy. And yes, Jimmy G, when healthy, is better than Geno Smith. I don't want to hear about how nine-year backup with one good season is better than a quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game. Geno is better than Brock, so let's just not argue about that. Okay? So all the best quarterbacks won the division for the most part. It's not a big deal, right? Okay, yeah, but let's go a little further. Since Super Bowl 51, here is a list of quarterbacks who have won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady three times, Patrick Mahomes twice, and Matthew Stafford once. So what does that mean? That means you have to be one of the two best quarterbacks in NFL history to have won a Super Bowl within the past six years, or you have to just have so much built-up karma from your outright destructive suffering in Detroit for 10 years that the football gods feel bad for you and gift you one. That's how you have to win a Super Bowl right now. Okay, let's go a little bit further than that. <clears throat> let's look into the playoff for the past three seasons, and I'm just going to talk to you guys about the championship games so as not to bore you. This season's championship quarterbacks were Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy slash Josh Johnson slash Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes versus Joe Burrow. Okay, season before that, it was Matthew Stafford versus Jimmy G, Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. Then the 2020 season, it was Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen and Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. A lot of big names. Too consistently, it is the best quarterback winning the best games, not the best teams. 
if the best teams and best rosters won the Super Bowl, the NFL, rather, if the best teams and the best rosters won the Super Bowl, the 49ers would be back-to-back champs right now. And that's exactly what I find so frustrating about the NFL is it's almost becoming irrelevant who you have at other positions because if you don't have an A to A-plus guy at the quarterback position, you aren't going to win a Super Bowl. And outside of Jimmy G and Matthew Stafford, you aren't even going to make it there. For me, once you make it to the Super Bowl, it makes sense. Okay, it makes sense that if you do not have the better quarterback, you'll lose because the teams are often very equally skilled. So there has to be something that kind of puts you over the top and the quarterback is often the turning point. So I'm going to recap this once again real quick. Since Super Bowl 51, the quarterback, the winning quarterback, the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Sorry, let me say it again. So I'm going to recap this once again quickly. Since Super Bowl 51, the winning quarterbacks have been Tom Brady three times, Patrick Holmes twice, Patrick or Matthew Stafford once. Here's the losing quarterbacks since Super Bowl 51. And I'm going to start this season and then work backwards in order. In order, it's Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Jimmy G and Jared Goff. Now, Goff and Jimmy G are the outliers there. They are not on the level of Burrow, Mahomes, and Hurts. And their Super Bowl appearances are also the furthest away from right now. And I don't feel like that's a coincidence. And it's worth noting. That's worth noting because let's look at the quarterback matchups prior to those two and their appearances. Super Bowl 50 was Brady versus Matt Ryan. Super Bowl 49 was a washed-up Peyton Manning versus Cam Newton. Super Bowl 48 was Russell Wilson versus Brady. Super Bowl 47 was Wilson versus Peyton Manning. So you're getting some good quarterback matchups, right? Kind of. But what you'll notice with those Super Bowls is that many of those teams I just talked about were led by their defenses. Both the Wilson Super Bowls, both of the Wilson Super Bowls were led by the Legion of Boom. And then the no-fly zone Denver defense carried Peyton Manning to that Super Bowl win. And that barely matters anymore. And if you want to take it one step further, the two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks prior to that Wilson Super Bowl and that part of the ones I just mentioned were Eli Manning and Joe Flacco. Not great. So what this rant is not meant to be is me being upset that defenses don't matter anymore. It's just that almost nothing matters except the quarterback. And I'd like, I'd like to have an NFL where it feels like something outside of the quarterback is a true determining factor late in the season. Running backs don't matter. I'm assuming we've all seen the graphics showing the salaries of the Super Bowl winning running backs who have won the Super Bowl by season. If memory serves, I'll throw it up on screen, but for my audio-only listeners, the Super Bowl winning running backs, I think the highest paid one made $2.5 million per year. Defenses don't matter. We just watched the number two defense, the Eagles, in the NFL give up 38 points in the Super Bowl. We watched the 49ers, who had the number one defense in the NFL, They weren't able to keep up with the Eagles in the NFC Championship game because they didn't have a quarterback. The Chiefs' defense was middle of the pack for most of the season, and they gave up 35 points in the Super Bowl and still won the game. It's all quarterbacks all the time. With the rules being changed, 
it's very frustrating for me, someone that loves the game of football in its totality, for it to be so simple to just point at a handful of teams and say, we'll see them in December just because of who they have under center. Right now, if you're able to, if you're not driving, if you're watching this, go look at the divisions next year. I guarantee you can pick the winner of every single one just based on the quarterback. And it shouldn't be that way. The only outlier is potentially the San Francisco 49ers. It shouldn't be that way. That's just, it's just quarterbacks. So I find that very frustrating. Uh, Moving on, speaking of quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers has come out of his darkness retreat. And let me tell you guys, I am so over Aaron Rodgers. I do not understand how or why people like this guy anymore. Maybe I'm just blinded by the fact that I dislike him, but Aaron Rodgers is a dork. At this point, all I can think is three days in the dark to figure out if you want to retire. Really? Really? Why don't you just act like a normal human being for a second? The only people who act like this take four days in the dark to make a decision about their career either have too much money Or don't just one of those weirdos who doesn't care about money. It's weird. It's weird behavior. And you expect this guy to lead your football team? Look, maybe the two things aren't related. Maybe you can be the type of person who can be in the dark for four days and can also lead a football team. But I seriously doubt it. It all seems so ridiculous to me. I cannot imagine a circumstance where anyone would need to be in complete darkness for three or four days in order to come to a career decision. Either you want to play or you don't. It's not that difficult. And if it is that difficult, just take some time away from the game like a normal human being. It's so silly. Aaron Rodgers is why millennials have a bad name. The dude's just a goofball. That all being said, I I just, I can't imagine Aaron Rodgers retiring. If he plays his out, however remaining years are on his contract, he'll get $60 million. That's a lot of cash. And I suspect that Aaron Rodgers knows he's not going to retire. So the only reason that he's going into the dark is to keep us, the viewers, the fans, the coaches, whoever in the dark. I just don't like this guy. It's weird. It is really weird. Last topic of the day. Per Adam Schefter, the Bears have already been approached by multiple teams about trading the number one overall pick, and Chicago is said to be leaning that direction. And that's the right move. Unless you feel that one of the quarterbacks in this year's draft is a rock-solid, 100% surefire Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, type of prospect, you need to trade the first overall picked. And based on what people who are a lot smarter than me say, there does not appear to be one of those guys in this year's draft. So if you're the Chicago Bears and you don't feel like there's a guy who's a cannot-miss prospect quarterback type of guy at number one, trade it to someone else. Because there's no guarantee that any of those guys are going to be better than Justin Fields. I also cannot help but notice that this news broke within about 90 minutes of the news that Bryce Young's real height is 5'10". It just seems a little bit too coincidental for that not to be part of the story for the Chicago Bears. 
So trading the number one pick, if you're the Chicago Bears, to get yourself as much draft capital, as many draft picks and players as you can makes a ton of sense to me. This Chicago Bears team isn't one impact player away from making the playoffs, making the Super Bowl. I mean, at least we don't think so. So it doesn't make sense for them to state the number one pick just to try and get that one player for them to go over the top or to put them over the top. The Chicago Bears with increased draft capital could improve their offensive line, which is actually middle of the pack, not worse in the league like most people think it is. They need wide receiver help. They need defensive line help. The Bears just need volume right now. They need to take as many swings at players as they can to try to make wholesale improvements at their team. So they should absolutely trade that first overall pick. That's the right move. Put weapons around, support Justin Fields, get him guys, and see what he's truly capable of. Cool. So that's my show. Hopefully you liked it. Once again, feel free to like and subscribe. Take care, everybody.